The internet's been weird lately, man. It's funny because last time we talked, uh-huh. you were getting off of Twitter. Oh, yeah. And you were saying it's too negative. And I was like, dude, this is all I'm getting is puppies and rainbows. And I think uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. going to get off Twitter, but it has been dramatically different for me recently. And it's all politics and all negativity. And I've never in my history had to do this, but I started to block people and I started to mute people. Ooh. And I've had to unfollow a couple people. And I'm sad that reality caught up to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not great out there. And funny enough, now that you're enjoying it less than ever, uh, I'm actually, for the first time in my life, getting paid to tweet. Someone handed me the keys to at video games. So now I'm definitely on Twitter more than ever. And this is probably in between things, right? We haven't really talked in a bit here in this format, but I had a, I had a, you know, I had a viral tweet. Check out my SoundCloud. Um, I'm a pretty big deal now. I'm a professional tweeter. Posted something online, got a bunch of likes, lots of retweets, lots of, lots of comments, good ratio. I'm a big deal and a celebrity online uh, forever. That's how viral being viral works, right? You just keep it forever. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it never goes away. It never goes away. Yeah, it, Everything after that point will be retweeted the same amount, if not more. Yep, if we've learned anything from the internet, it's that celebrity never fades, and that if you're famous once, you're famous forever. For real. The saying is, once famous, always famous. And and they pay you for being famous, right? Right, right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, people. Okay, real talk though. People actually ask me that, like, with genuine sincerity. When I, you know, when they found out that I did a did a viral tweet, they were like, "Oh, did you make money off of that?" I'm like, "Man, you have no sense of how the internet works, huh? Is that what's happening here? You just really <laughs> don't get how the internet works, do you?" Um, I do like that though. Like, what? What? How? How rad would that be if you did a viral tweet and then you just like opened your mailbox one month later and there's just like a check from Twitter in the mail for like a hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> people, people that try to make it a career don't even get paid. So exactly. why would exactly one why viral would a rando get paid? A rando viral tweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw oh, an interesting man. thing about virality a couple days ago. Um, I think it was tweeted by this guy named Andy Bayo. And he asked via a Twitter poll the question, what makes, what is the threshold in 2019 for a viral tweet? Is it 1,000 likes and retweets, 10,000 likes and retweets, or 100,000 likes and retweets? What's your answer to that? For me, it's somewhere between 10,000 and 100,000. So if you get 1,000, nothing, no no big deal. Who cares? Fluke. It's a yeah. fluke. Now, if I personally got a thousand, I would be ecstatic because I never get that kind of interaction. But <laughs> if I was judging it from the outside, uh-huh. like, and it also it's not only the amount, but I would say the speed. Mm. Your oh, uh, it's video, your, uh-huh. your video tweet had velocity. I mean, I refresh, you know, every couple hours we would talk about it and be like, oh my gosh, it's like two hours removed and it's already got this. Oh my gosh, it's a day removed and it's already got this. So. You steadily climbed, yeah, like at a really fast rate, right? So it's between ten thousand and a hundred thousand, and it's how fast it gets there. Because yeah, it's funny because you would think that if you got a thousand, that would feel like a really big deal, uh, but weirdly enough, at this point, it doesn't necessarily. 
anymore. The way that I've decided to love Twitter, I kind of feel like maybe I subconsciously took your advice, which is just to be like, I'm just going to do me and I'm just going to post whatever makes me happy and block the haters and move on. And that's actually a much better uh, mentality to post from. I need to take my own advice from you again because I, <laughs> not not on purpose, but I was like, man, why does Drew see such negative people or see such negative interactions? Man, maybe I'm not following like people of substance. Maybe I'm just following following art accounts. And so I went out of my way and sought – I was more liberal with my follow, and I regret it. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah, I've had to pull it back and be like, no, 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 no. Let's just keep this creative. Let's keep this inspirational. Yeah. Let's keep this productive. Who knew that design Twitter is so political? Oh, I did. <laughs> I sure did. Can I, uh, can I give you our first link of the day? Hit me. Uh, so this is related, and I wasn't going to necessarily share this with you, but now I feel like I have to. Have you ever heard of this guy, bro? Have you seen this? Hideki Kamiya. So this is a guy who uh, is a video game director for Platinum Games. Okay. Uh, also used to work for Clover Studio. They made this game called Beautiful Joe for the GameCube. You ever heard of oh, that game? Oh, love that. Exactly. See, I knew that you'd be my homie here. Uh, and so he's been a game designer for a hot minute. And I sent you this guy's uh, Twitter and I know that it's sort of hard to decipher because the entire thing is in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit hard. Even though most of it's in Japanese, he has this pinned tweet. Can you read the pinned tweet up top for me? Really fed up with insects, which never read my posts, header pick, and just keep posting. That's why I'm telling you not to post me in languages other than Japanese. If you break rules, that means you are brainless insect and will be blocked immediately. Be careful. <laughs> which rules, right? <laughs> yes. He's literally calling people who repost him insects, which is, is a harsh first move here. Uh, and I found out about this guy because this person I follow on YouTube named Nick Robinson, he made this video called Blocked, the Hideki Kamaya Story. And he made this video because he's been following him for a while and either speaks Japanese or is able to translate all of his tweets and realized over the years that basically this th this guy, the number one thing that he posts online is that he's blocking people. And he'll block you for anything, homie. Wait, 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 wait. He, he posted rules of how you get blocked. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, he's, he'll tell you exactly how he's going to block you and what you're going to do if you get blocked. And you could even say, I love your stuff. And he will retweet you and then say blocked and then block you forever, uh, which is a it's a it's a move. He's not even just blocking the trolls. He's blocking his straight up fans. Let's let's read the rules. OK, go for so it. So rule number one is check my log profile before you tweet. Mm -hmm. So first off, the first rule is do your homework. Right. Second rule, no repeated questions. Right. Now, I get it that you don't want to answer repeated questions, but I mean to say like that it's incumbent on the person looking at your Twitter stream to like look through all your previously asked questions to make sure they don't ask the same one. That's kind of a, asking a lot, my dude, but whatever. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but I, I get it. I get it. You get asked a lot of dumb questions. No problem. All right. Let's keep going. Uh, rule number three, no advice. Which he I mean, doesn't want to get buddy. advice. He that's doesn't want to give advice. No advice. No advice. 
Okay, next one. No tagging me in your conversation. And and okay, to be fair, this one I'm all about because that's super annoying when people... I had that so many times with my capital V viral capital T tweet was people having like a 50 tweet conversation that they just started through my sushi tweet and it had nothing to do with it. There was one wholesome one that I appreciated, which was two people just reminiscing about Hawaii for like three days. And I was okay with that one. <laughs> but the rest of them were people who were like arguing or talking about something completely different. I wasn't into. So I'm sure Stupid. that if you're famous Stupid. and this happens all the time, uh, no tagging me in your conversation blocked. Jeez. Uh, and then next, uh, no requests or asking about games, which are not mine, our IP. And then finally, the best rule, mm-hmm. no shit posts. Yeah. That should just be a rule for the internet. <laughs> yeah. No, it should be. That should be mandatory. And then in big capital letters, my block button is bigger than ever. Okay. That. So so here's the thing, all right, is this guy who posts over and over again every day, he, he tells the world when he blocks you, right? So some people, I feel like at this point, are just doing these things and breaking these very well-stated rules so they can get blocked by this homie. It just is like a rite of passage online. Yeah. And uh, because of that, this journalist named, slash YouTuber named Nick Robinson wanted to know the exact number of people that he's blocked. <laughs> and he actually found him in person. This is spoilers for the video. You should definitely watch it. He found him in person. And made him, got him to pull up uh, his block screen. And my friend, are you ready to hear the number of people that this guy's blocked? Ooh, let's hear it. It's 17,398 people. And that was... Oh, dear Lord. That was a month ago. So who knows, you know, at this point, how much he's escalated. Um, I'm sure that the video itself caused a lot of people to get blocked. So, um, and of course, in due form... Uh, even though he didn't tweet directly at him, Nick Robinson himself did get blocked on Twitter. It just felt fair wow. for the guy who made an entire video about this to get blocked. So, yeah, that's a lot, man. That's, I feel like, more than most people tweet is just this guy clicking the block button. And, of course, that's blocks one by one, you know? Every single time that somebody angers him, that block button is bigger than ever, as he said. And he's able to physically go through and block that homie one at a time. And that's a lot of work. And I kind of feel like I appreciate it. Yeah, it really is. Now, okay, we love, you know, I won't say crazy, but we love super specific people. You know, we get joy out of that. But this seems... Even this seems too much for even, you know, uh, OCD Ben. Right. Like you don't got to block every single person. Everybody. Like I feel at this point he he's just created a brand for himself and he's trying to uphold it, which that that part I can commend. But 17,000, my dude, relax. You might be able to find a idyllic, perfect oasis of design Twitter if you blocked 17,000 people. If every single time somebody that had a design opinion annoyed you and you blocked them, Twitter might look a lot better at the end of the day. So I can't necessarily say this guy's crazy, but it's a lot of work. He must just have like really toxic people hitting him up. No, no, that's the thing. There's so many that are just like, I love your work. And he's like blocked. <laughs> I feel like you and I should get blocked by him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. It just is, it's just part of it. Yeah, it's a badge of honor. So yeah, I mean, this is this is this is one way to tweet. This is one way to make a Twitter account that you never see the bad stuff is literally just to um get rid of anybody that's ever annoyed you by 
blocking them one at a time. Oh, wait a minute. What if he doesn't actually care? Like he might have started this uh, this quest with hating, you know, responses, hating people, like coming and talking to him and asking dumb questions. But now maybe he sees his, sees this as like, wow, I'm kind of like uh, I'm a <laughs> I'm a micro influencer, if you will. I'm, I, I, people know me on a small scale, and I really want to contact and reach out to all my friends. But what is a true systematic way to make sure that I never respond to someone more than once and give everyone a fair shot? <laughs> Block them one at a time. Absolutely. Yeah, because he, he responds to a lot of them. Like someone asked in the video because I have it playing in the background, should your development team watch Super Smash Brothers Direct You know, on Tuesday? And he says – he responded with, ask your mom, blocked. So they got their answer in a way. Yeah. So – Maybe he maybe he's just trying to give back to the fans, really. Yeah, maybe. That's one way of looking at it. Or maybe he just likes blocking people. That's another way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. I love All that. right. All right. Well, let's leave Twitter behind. Give me a link, man. Okay. So, you know, there's definitely been some stories that have come and gone in our, uh, <laughs> in our absence. Mm-hmm. And, um, but never has there been... A more bro, did you see this theme story in a long time than than this one? Um, we don't have to report on it the way that everyone else has reported on it. Okay, but I am curious of your thoughts. So, bro, I'm sure you have, but uh, did you see this? Oh, okay, yes. So it's the <laughs> it's a it's the meme the meme. Slash shitpost, to use Hedeki Kamaya's <laughs> words, that has seemingly reached the entire world, which is an incredible feat, you know? There's my yeah, tweet that's got 100,000 people, and then there's this guy who's basically reached every single human on the world with his plan, and that plan is, of course, to storm Area 51. And it's a great plan, Ben. <laughs> I don't It's a don't fantastic know. plan. Yeah, I don't... If anyone's saying it's a bad plan, um, they're wrong, and it's a good plan, which is they uh, they created a Facebook post, or I'm sorry, a Facebook event, and that Facebook event is called Storm Area 51, comma, they can't stop all of us. And the description is, we will all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Boom. That's it. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I think probably the majority of my Facebook friends are attending this event. I do think that the American government is probably incredibly afraid of what might come out of this event. And I think that uh, Area 51 will be completely overrun by Naruto running human beings uh, in September or whenever this event is going to happen. You know, I heard about it pretty early on because mm-hmm. I, I listened to Joe Rogan. I saw the Bob Lazar uh, interview, you know, saw people make jokes about it. Cool. And then the steam and the, the, the velocity, if you will, at which this grew was impressive. Um, went from like 10,000, 165,000 to some of the latest reports are like 300,000. People have signed onto the Facebook event pledging that they were going to be in attendance. <laughs> My friend, you are so far off. At, at this point, it's 1.6 million people confirmed going, 1.2 million people interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what? 
there's got to be some fake posters in there. So let's be conservative. No, no, no. I mean, let's let's be let's be honest. There, if if anyone shows up, there will be three people and ten journalists. None of these people are actually going to go to it. No way, bro. I think for real. I think for real, legitimate humans that are going to show up is closer to like the thousand oh, range. Man. But there's nothing. I think there's at least a thousand people that are nuts enough to really <laughs> believe this post and go book a travel, book a plane ticket. Drive whatever and go. What what makes me so happy about the Area Fifty One um, viral meme thing is the fact that it's kind of like it's kind of like they just want to let the aliens out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it's not really even seem like stop like... lying to us. You've been hiding technology. <laughs> no. It's like we're trying to liberate our alien brethren. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's can't we just hang with them? Why do they have to be stuck there? Can't we just let them out and just let them have fun, please? And I really like that. It's not you know I can't wait to destroy the technology. It's not let's go kill everything inside. It's like please, these aliens must be really chill. They must want to have a good time with me. Let's please let them out so that we can vibe. And that's awesome. Um, yeah, so and you're you're sending me pictures over here of what looks like battle plans on how to get uh, into and out of Area 51. There's lots of arrows that point towards it, and then an area called the Extraction Zone. Naruto runners. You know, we need to keep the Naruto run as uh, a main point of focus here. Because Absolutely. If we, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because if we lose that, uh, something bad's going to happen. I, I feel like what's sort of happening at this point is I feel like year, in years past, you know, these memes and little viral things, they were all separate. But now it's just it's the zeitgeist exists to to satisfy the zeitgeist. So whatever is popular, whatever whatever's famous, it just gets smashed together into this weird soup of meme. And um, people don't seem like they have a real big problem with it. It seems like people like it. And uh, yeah, so Area 51, man, I guess it's going to get taken over. In reality, also, like there's <laughs> there's definitely a a guy that's manning a turret or a gun of some sort that is just waiting, just waiting, just like nothing exciting happens. No one ever tries to come up on Area 51. Please, I wish someone would. I've been waiting. They're, people are silly, man. This is my favorite kind of internet. The whole internet just said, okay. I haven't seen a single person that says this is dumb. <laughs> Everyone just says, okay, that's fine. It has been a unifying force. Everyone's pretty like, yeah, this is stupid and we're down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's leave Area 51 behind. I want to show you something, okay? This is a little old now. Okay. Um, but I really want to hear this – is, this is one of those genuine things. Every once in a while, I can't help it. I just need to hear what Ben thinks about something that I think is cool. Um, so here this is. Okay. Bro, did you see this? Oh, yes. Yes, I have seen this. This is Playdate. Mm-hmm. It's a new handheld gaming system by a bunch of really cool people. It's – Hmm. How would you describe it? it? It looks like, if you were to visually describe it, it's bright yellow, really fun looking, exciting. Let's let Panic describe it, because I love how they say it. This is what the website says. Hello, we made a brand new handheld gaming system. It's yellow. It fits in your pocket. It's got a beautiful black and white screen. It's not super cheap, but not super expensive. It includes brand new games from some amazing creators, plus it has a crank. It's this little tiny device that looks very much like a love letter to 90s video game design. 
It's got two buttons. It's got a D-pad. It has a very like Game Boy Color looking vibe to me, including the the actual yellow color they chose, which I'm pretty sure they made a, a yellow Game Boy Color, maybe even like a Pikachu one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they this, did. It, and it looks it looks rad. Like I'll just I'm not even gonna wait until I find out what you think about it. I think that this thing is so cool and so different than anything I've seen before it. I'm I'm really into it. So I wanted to show this to you to see what you think. So my thoughts. Visually, awesome. It's like stunning, definitely a beautiful piece of t- technology. But my thoughts, like uh, whether I would purchase it, how I would use it, I am not that excited. It feels a little gimmicky. And maybe that's the point that it's supposed to just like get you out of your comfort zone uh, and like away from the standard Game Boy, Switch, you know, whatever handheld systems. But I am, uh, how do you say, an old man and <laughs> mentally. And I, I, there's nothing wrong with the Switch. There's nothing wrong with, you know, the current uh, setup. So for me, it's like, uh, it's another thing I have to purchase. And I don't know these game developers. I'm way less fi- uh, forgiving about indie games as you are. You're super uh, open and you try them all. And for me, if like I'm not into it in the first 10 seconds, if the visual style doesn't match you know, my artistic tastes, I, I really easily check out. So while I need to definitely see people playing with it and see more videos on it, my initial was like, cool. But no. And maybe you were like not expecting me to, you know, crap on it. Here, but here's my counterpoint. Poop. My okay. counterpoint is this. It's so cute, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute, man. What more do I have to say? Yeah, so I, I actually was not I'm I'm not super surprised by that because you're like a you're like a you're you're a little graphics boy over there, man. You're not an indie gamer. You you want the graphics turned up to eleven because you never even like two D stuff, right? Dude, if it's if it's not like Super Mario World, which is just nostalgia, I'm not into a lot of that retro stuff. This is made for people that are interested in a more retro experience. Uh, although it's cool, it doesn't necessarily have to feel super retro. Um, they chose this black and white screen, but the black and white screen looks very very cool. It definitely feels like a design choice, not a limitation for limitation's sake. But yeah, they have these interesting games. I mean, they are, I wouldn't say gimmick. I would just say indie. Like there are indie games that come out all the time that I'm not planning on sinking 75 hours into. Uh, I just want to play them because they're they're such charming experiences. And like uh, there's this game called Katamari Damacy. Have you ever played that? Uh, that's the one where you roll the balls. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. PS2 game, and you basically had to literally roll up the world, which doesn't really make sense when I'm describing it, but I'm sure people have either heard of and played it, or they will look it up on YouTube. Um, and that guy who made that game is creating a, a new game for the play date, where you control um, f- you can you control a character using the crank, but what you're really controlling is the progression of time. So you crank it forward to make the character move forward in time, and then you crank it backwards to make the character move backwards in time, while there are other things that aren't actually related to your crank's time control that are moving around on the screen. So it's 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 just interesting to see um, these people, they, they got 
a dozen really well-known indie game developers to all develop games for this thing. And you buy the system and you get what will probably be known as season one of games with the system. And they like come out on like a time release system. Um, They're just trying something different, which I think is cool because obviously they could have given it to you. And as soon as you open it up, it has 12 games on it. But they thought, you know, it would be cooler if they come out one at a time, kind of like little gifts to yourself. And you actually have to spend some time with one after another, after another, after another. It's just, it's just cool. Like, I think it's a really neat idea. Let me, yeah, let me revise my hate. The whole setup and the whole, you know, timed release, I'm into creative marketing and launch uh, releasing, you know, of games, launching and releasing of games. It's the it really is the the hardware itself, right? That is, uh, it's you know, and then the games the visuals themselves that I'm like, uh. and and what's kind of remarkable about it is that it is, um, it's like made by a company that's just never done this before. Like they've never done a hardware product before. That is pretty impressive. They just kind of made it happen, and they made it happen in partner with Teenage Engineering, which I'm pretty sure we've brought up on the show before. They're the guys that make like really, really cool untitled Goose Game. No, no, no. Teenage Engineering they make um, really cool music and hardware. So like oh, these, those, those little people. things. Yep, they make like little almost Game Boy looking weird calculator looking. Uh, devices that you can sync up to one another and like make play little music. And so they asked for their hardware expertise to come through, but a lot of it was done specifically by Panic, who's known for making software. Um, So for them to make a hardware device just because they love it is a really cool idea. You know, I've spent a little time this last year making a physical space and it sucks. It's hard. So to make an actual piece of hardware that you're going to sell, you know, at retail is pretty wildly ambitious and yeah i mean i don't know man like i just think it's really cool and it's such a worthwhile project to me it, I, I don't think they have any interest in trying to compete against the switches and playstations of the world no it doesn't feel that way it doesn't yeah they're it's a 150 dollars device that they're selling to people who are enthusiasts like themselves and i think it's gonna um i think it's gonna do really well for them which i think is a good price point i, I think so too 150 bucks is that exact moment where if it was more, I would start to, you know, reevaluate it. And they've been very vocal online saying, this thing costs a lot of money to make. Like, I know it's small. I know it's black and white. It don't matter. You know, to make something that's mass produced costs cash money. And even just getting something like an LCD screen that's high quality or whatever it is, it might not be LCD, but whatever the the, the visual screen is on it is is not cheap. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. It just is like it, this warm, this is one of those weird projects that I looked at it and I wasn't just excited, but it like warmed my heart. And I think that I want more people to take risks like this and to see, oh, I could just make a, a piece of hardware, you know, yeah. is a really neat thing that shows that, you know, we've moved in such a cool direction as a world where, uh, if you have some kind of dream, uh, device. It's not that challenge. It, it is, of course, challenging, but it's not impossible to make it anymore. Yeah. And that rules. Yeah, no, I, you're right. I'm being too uh, cynical, too angry, too designer curmudgeon. It's impressive. It might not be for me, but I can still totally get behind it and champion it and even tell people about, people about it. Um, you know, my own personal opinions aside, but... Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's super impressive that they were able to accomplish that. I will get one. 
and you can come and play mine. So <laughs> exactly, I'll I'll check it out, and then you'll <laughs> sell me on on it like you're like you're really good at like I always like, do. Crap, yes, crap, I gotta get one. Okay, yeah. yes. Yep, that's my that's my role. I totally understand it. You're the early adopter. And I'm the, you know, I'm the pawn that you trick into buying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll take it. All right. Give me a link. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the the rapper Jadakiss? I am. I am. So, you know, he's a, he's a cool rapper from New York. Um, and apparently he has a really specific pizza order um, where it's just the crust. Okay. So, so according to Cuts and Slices, a pizza place in Brooklyn, rapper Jadakiss has been re- requesting a crust-only pizza for quite some time now. A what? year, actually. There's even photographic proof of the rapper's special request. Wait, 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 Though wait. it's much wait, different. Wait, wait. No, please stop. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> okay. Please stop. I need, I need to take a breath. I need like I don't know this. You, you just keep talking about this was giving me anxiety for some reason. So I need to like clear my head here. Okay, so my immediately, immediately when you said what you said, I was thinking no crust pizza because some people they do that thing where they don't eat the crust, and I've you know I've done that. I've been known to do that on my fourth slice. Is ah, uh, I really just want the good, the good bit here. I'm gonna leave the crust. Eat. No way, man! They give you a free breadstick. Don't abandon the crust. I, I, I am, I am with you. But I've seen people. I've seen people that it's like a, it's like a pile of freaking uh, chicken wings. You know, like yes, with the bones left yes, over. Yes. But instead, it's just, uh, it's just crusts. So that's what I thought you were talking about. Which is, it, which is that that alone is an eccentric thing to ask for. No crust on my. But it's pizza, been done please. on a larger but, scale. Right, but what, but what we're talking about here is the opposite. <laughs> so the opposite. a full crust pizza. It's an inside-out pizza. No pizzas here, just the crust. And well, then when actually, okay. there is a little bit of pizza, about half an inch <laughs> okay. of pizza. So, okay, okay. First of all, all right. I just want to say, if 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 the listeners have not like you know. Are are still here and they have not seen a photo that I've linked to at this point. When if you were to run a pizza shop and someone was to say crust only pizza, what would your solution be? Because for me, I think what I would maybe do is just bake a pizza with no toppings on it. You know, so just a, a circular pizza with no toppings. Because that you know that's technically a great point. would be that's a crust, a great point. right? So that's so that's what I thought was happening. But no, we have this photo from this pizza place that had been given this request. And what it is, is it's a pizza. A full pizza with the entire middle cut out. And, <laughs> and that's what it looks like. It looks like it's not just dough in a circle. It looks no. like they made a regular pizza <laughs> and cut the center out. Which I can, I mean, yeah, because I don't know how else. I guess they could have potentially just added a. Little, <laughs> I don't know, man. This, there's so, there's something the so logistics uncomfortable on about this. this with me. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, he ordered a pizza, and it's it literally looks like it looks photoshopped. To be totally honest, it doesn't even look like a clean cut. It looks like somebody you know selected the middle of a pizza, hit the delete key. And what we have left over is what we have left over. What's what's crazy is 
it seems that it's not necessarily just his particular taste. It's that – so let me read this next bit. So not only is Jada Kiss a customer, but he's a friend of mine. Randy McLaren, founder and owner of Cuts and Slices, told Mashable in an email. He, he, can, he goes on to say, he had been asking me to do a twist on pizza for months before I finally tried it out for him. So Jadakiss is a pizza like inventor, connoisseur, like just visionary, you know, if you will. It's, that's not a twist. If I Actually, said, no, if I no, said, I got to block you, man. It's a twist on pizza. It's a twist on pizza. If I said, please, offer, let me see what your twist on pizza is, and your twist on pizza was just deleting 90% of the pizza. I would not be okay with that. What happened to the pizza? Where'd the actual pizza go? Now, now, okay, if I, if I continue to scroll down, uh, I am seeing a better version of this, which is five or six pieces of crust chopped up in a neat pile and put in a to-go pizza slice container. That, to me, makes sense. Is it something that I would ever order in my entire life? Absolutely not. But does that make sense in a weird sort of way? Yeah, because you could just make a big roll, a long, freaking snake-looking piece of dough, add a little cheese or mozzarella smother pieces on top to give it that authentic pizza vibe, and then put it in a box and call it good. Um, but this first one, it's a monstrosity. And the, the article is even right. It's like a pizza bagel now because it's not cut. It's, it's not cut into slices. It's nothing. It's just a and they, weird circle. And they, they, they confirm that it is, in fact, how we suspected. He baked a pizza and cut the middle out. Yes. That's so strange. Oh, that's so but strange. But now some place, if you scroll down further in the article, a place, a pizza chain is serving a very controversial box of just pie crust right and that's fine that's what i'm saying that one's that one looks okay to me would i ever order it no but it's fine it looks like a normal like that is a normal sane way of doing a very weird request jadakiss seems to be upset that other people are copying his idea but his idea is just to take one bad piece of pizza and just make that the whole thing that's not an that's not an idea he says his favorite part of the pizza is the crust hmm yeah, so homeboy likes, dude just likes breadsticks is what it feels like. That's a problem for me, is what I'm telling you. <laughs> well, we've we've like seen mustard ice cream. We've seen you know people eating lunch in cars outside of old people's homes. This bothers you? Yeah, this bothers me. This bothers me <laughs> badly. 